Hello and welcome to another exciting trial from the RPG Academy podcast and network. I am Michael, and tonight we are going to be playing the game Masks, The Next Generation, which is a Power by the Apocalypse game. Lead designer was Brendan Conway, and we're very fortunate to have him here running the game for us. It's a superhero, a teen superhero role-playing game focused on the angst. Um, if you've ever watched Young Justice, then you pretty much know what we're going for. I am going to be playing the playbook called The Bull. Big, strong, tough. Uh, you know, I know what fighting is really is, and I'm good at it, but I've got a soft side too. But I only show that to people I care about the most. And my character's name is Marisol. Caleb, who are you tonight? Howdy, everybody out there in Radioland. I am playing Michael Stafford. He goes by Rex, and he is a transformed out of that playbook. So I assume that I'm a big old weirdo with scaly armor. <laughs> and apparently I have strange eyes. All right. And then we also have with us from uh, Riverhouse Games, you know, and me loving Taylor at Leviathan Files on Twitter. Taylor, how are you today, sir? I am doing just fantastic, Michael. I'm a huge fan of masks, and so I'm very excited to uh, get going and playing. I am playing Alexander Gregarios, the Beacon. His tricks are bow and arrows and acrobatics. He's just really pumped to be here, and I think that um, it's going to be a stretch for me to play this <laughs> character, um, but I'm going to give it my best, and I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to give it my best shot. I have faith in you, sir. <laughs> All right, and then we also have with us Dakota from the Shadow of the Cabal podcast, the newest member of the RPG Academy Network. Dakota, how are you today? I'm well, thanks. Uh, it's nice to be here, guys. And I'm going to be playing Hornet, uh, the character Leanne Song, the protege, which is sort of like uh, Robin from uh, Batman and Robin. So looking forward to it. Fantastic. And as I've already said, our GM for the night is Brendan Conway. Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Super happy to be here. Uh, we are happy to have you. I, uh, I'm pretty good friends online with Rich Howard. I know you ran a game for him and the crew at Whelmed uh, not too long ago. I was already kind of looking into masks. I it kind of I like superhero RPGs, but I've, they don't always do what I want them to do. And this seems to bypass all the things that I normally have problems <laughs> with. But I'm interested. I'm, I'm not the biggest Power by the Apocalypse fan, so I'm hoping that this will be the exception that draws me in. I'm also very happy to report that I got rid of my D6s because I'm anti-D6. So I got those cool <laughs> D12s that go to six twice. So I think I'm in good shape. Oh, that's superb. So we're going to turn it over to you. Basically, uh, walk us through whatever pre you want us to know. Again, we're the idea here is that we're showing this to an audience that's maybe never seen it before. So we do want to kind of follow the rules more so than we normally do around here. And certainly feel free to explain Explain things as you're going if you want to, to make sure that people at home understand what's going on. So take it away, sir. All right. So first things first, the, the basic spiel, as always, is uh, which you opened up with masks is this young justice game. You are a team of young superheroes uh, and you are trying to both be heroes and like help and save people and fight villains while also dealing with the fact that you are in a world that has tons of generations of superheroes and supervillains behind you. Uh, and, like, this is not a world where this is a brand new phenomenon. This is the place where they see the T-Rex walking down the street, and yes, they scream and go run and hide. But also, they know the specific... There's the T-Rex drill, right? You know where you're supposed to go and run when the T-Rex comes down the street. Maneuver 7. Exactly. Uh, and 
in the face of all that history and in older generations, you are being told by everybody who you should be or how you should act or what kind of hero you should be. And that's going to reshape how you see yourself. So your struggle is both uh, with just being a hero and, and fighting the bad guys, as well as trying to figure out who the heck you are and who the heck you want to be. So we have a team here, uh, which I've named the future exemplars, but for the sake of making sure these characters are partly yours, if at any point, like, there's anything that stands out, or, you know, you're looking at the moves on, on a sheet and you're like, I really wish I had this move, we can always change that. This doesn't have to be set hard in stone, so feel free to speak up about that. The future exemplars, as we've set them up, so if the exemplars are the Justice League, uh, the future exemplars are the Junior Justice League, right? You are supposedly going to one day be the up-and-coming Justice League. Of course, that is still in question, and almost certainly a bunch of members of the Justice League, the exemplars, have their doubts about the four of you. Now, with all that said, we have the characters handed out, and... These characters uh, in masks, by default, they're, they're playbooks. You'd be choosing options from lists and filling them out as you go through. Again, for the sake of just expediting the process, all those choices are already made with a couple of little exceptions, relatively small. And if anything screams out as like, I really wish this was changed, feel free to speak up and go ahead and change it. But the things that are left open for you to pick, little adjustments for you. First up, we're going to hit the labels. The labels and masks are your stats. They are what you add to your roll whenever you roll in this game. So you will always roll two six-sided dice, and you will add one of your five labels depending upon the specific move that you are triggering. So the five labels also represent how you see yourself. The higher they are, the more you see yourself as that thing. Uh, so we have danger, which is you see yourself as dangerous and, and capable of fighting big and terrifying threats. And also you see yourself as frightening and intimidating and like maybe actually a threat to the people around you. Freak is you see yourself as unique and powerful and capable of doing things no one else can do, as well as not like anybody else, separate from the rest of the world around you. Savior, you see yourself as this martyr. You're willing to throw yourself uh, in the line of fire in order to save other people, no matter the cost to yourself. Uh, superior is you see yourself as the smartest person in the room, the higher that is. You are clever, you are capable of figuring out what's going on around you and how to push people's buttons to get to do what you want. I usually describe superior as the Batman stat. And mundane is you see yourself as a regular person, not special, not extraordinary, but capable of connecting with other human beings on an emotional level. Um, so everybody has your starting labels, which are pulled directly from the playbook. They're all skewed around the place. But when you create a character in masks, you get to add plus one to any single label of your choice. So each one of you should go ahead and add plus one to any one of your labels. Now, over the course of the game, these are going to be shifting up and down as people tell you who you are and how to act and how to think. So none of this is going to stay static. But for the moment... That plus one is going to help give you a boost in those particular activities and tell us a little bit about how your character sees him or herself. So just to run through then, I, I figure to make sure we hit everyone. So uh, Toro, Marisol, which one, which label are you going to bump up by one? Uh, I'm going to my freak to a plus two. Perfect. Uh, sure shot, which label are you going to bump up? 
Sure Shot is bumping up mundane because he's just a city kid, but he's happy to be amongst all these these awesome heroes. Excellent. So we have a Freak 2, we have a Mundane 3. Rex, which one are you bumping up? Uh, I think I will take my Savior to a 1. Perfect. And Hornet, which one are you taking up? I think I'm going to take Danger up to a 0. Perfect. All right. So we are set with your labels then. The next piece for y'all to pick um, is going to be your influence. And there is one final open-ended piece that is specific to SureShot that it will speak to once we're done with influence uh, relatively briefly. So influence is a core mechanic in this game, and what it represents is whose words matter to you. If I have influence over you, you care about what I think and what I have to say, and when I say, good lord, you are an awful hero, that will actually affect you. If I don't have influence to you, you'll be like, whatever, I don't, I don't care what you say. You're just a jerk, right? I don't, I don't care. By default, adults have influence over you because you are younger. You're between 16 and 20 or so, and you are still influenced by those older than you just by default. Uh, but within the team, you may or may not have influence over each other. Uh, depending upon your particular playbook and your choices. So everybody's playbook says how much influence you should give out by default. You can always choose to give out more influence if you want. You can just give it to someone if they don't have it over you. But you can never just take it back. It's a more complex process to take it back. And influence is binary. So I either have it over you or I don't. Uh, there is no holding to influence. If I hold influence over you and I would get it again, something else happens and we'll deal with that when we get there. But for the most part, the point is I either have it or I don't. So each of you needs to give some amount of influence to uh, your teammates, depending upon your particular playbook. These are listed in your playbook section uh, on the second page, bottom of the left hand side should be that says how much influence you give, and you can give it to whomever you choose. And to sort of speak to this, I think it would help to have a quick run-through of who everybody is so that you know who you're giving influence to and what that means and what your connections are. So what I would like to do is do a quick introduction for each of the characters. Uh, I would like you in particular to read the two relationships out loud so that everybody's aware of what those are. And then... Once we have that from everybody, we'll go back and we'll do influence so you'll know who has influence over who. Okay? Is that cool? Yep. yep. Sounds good. All right. So I will start with you again, Toro. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Toro? And, I mean, I may ask you a question or two uh, to probe and be like, this is your Toro. Okay. Um, so Toro is 19 years old, female, um, Latina background. Kind of grew up in a bit of a rundown part of the neighborhood. Uh, her powers developed right around puberty. Uh, obviously, she's a bull. She's super strong, super tough. She was the person that, before she had powers, would stand up to the bullies and protect the people that were weaker than her. So it was just sort of a natural extension of her personality already. I'm going to say that people know who she is. Like, she doesn't have a secret identity. The people in the neighborhood know that she's the bull and she's um, or Marisol. And um, and she's okay with that, though that does sometimes get people that she cares about pulled into trouble. 
her relationships, she her love is Hornet. Now, with the game, does that actually mean like physical love or is that just like a statement that we means positive relationship? I'm good either way. I just wasn't sure. It can mean what you choose for it to mean. Um, so love could just be I care deeply about you and like I see you like a uh, sibling. It could mean you are my best friend and I would do anything for you. It could mean I have a crush on you uh, or we're dating. So it's all dependent upon what the actual context is. So in some ways, that question becomes if Hornet is your love, what actually is the relationship there? Is that just a secret crush you keep to yourself or you just care about her deeply or whatever? Okay. Uh, so yeah, so Hornet is my love. Uh, Dakota, Are you? would you reciprocate that or is this like an unrequited love? I think it's unrequited because uh, there's something on my sheet that I think uh, plays a part in that. Okay, so basically I have a crush on Hornet that I'm sure some of the people already have figured out, maybe not some others. Uh, and my rival is Sure Shot. He's just too happy. I mean, I, <laughs> no one should be that happy. Doesn't make any sense. That's his superpower. <laughs> that is excellent. Optimism. All right, uh, that is perfect. Sure Shot, tell us about Sure Shot. Uh, sure Shot it. Sure shot, with a T at the end of it, uh, is a young Greek boy uh, who grew up in Halcyon City um, and was just a regular kid until one day Mantis and Rampage smashed into my school and wound up trading blows and, and punches in the ruins. And uh, at you know from there, it's history. I was determined to be a hero from that point on. Maybe someday you'll get there. The, the, exactly. You know, this, we're all on this path called life. Um <laughs> And I just kept waiting and waiting for these supernatural powers uh, to develop. But when they didn't, uh, I took it into my own hands. And I, I trained in, in acrobatics and archery and all sorts of really rad stuff. And I even learned how to sew so I could make my own my own costume and my own mask. Uh, and I went out onto the streets as sure shot. And it's kind of, you know, like, like the initial drive. The rest is history. I, I joined the future exemplars uh, and I just became part of the team. Um, and you know, every day is amazing that I get to be with these heroes. So, um, especially Rex, Rex is just awesome. Um, and I take every chance that I get to, to hang out with them. And, you know, I, I've noticed that there's some animosity towards me from Hornet and, you know, maybe there's some weird love thing. Like I know that, I know that someone who has got a crush on her is like trying to com compete with me. So I don't know what's going on there, but I, uh, I, I just really have to prove myself to Hornet before I feel like a real hero. Perfect. Uh, tell us about Rex. <sighs> Rex is pretty bummed about things. <laughs> he doesn't really remember how he got his powers. He has some vague recollections of being out and about in one of the worst parts of town, which is where he typically lives because he doesn't really have a lot of family and he just wanders around and he was walking by a street vendor and it was one of those things there was just kind of a, a flash out of the corner of his eye he has that practiced ability to ignore some of the people around him so he wasn't really paying attention to the people that were shilling their wares and tchotchkes but something caught his eye and he turned and then he woke up a couple weeks later and he was a very different person <laughs> so you're named after rex the hot dog dog <laughs> the guy who sells hot dogs on the corner of fifth 
I'm willing Torbex. to go with the fact that you gave me that name <laughs> uh, because you and I actually did spend some time together. I was one of those kids that you stepped up to defend as you were oh, the nice. anti-bully of the neighborhood. Uh, I was clearly one of the smallest and frequently being picked on. So I think it's very likely that when I came to you were there. And uh, possibly you were talking to Rex and I thought you were talking to me. So I just assumed the name. <laughs> nice. Uh, sure shot is always around, I guess. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes I forget he's there. Sometimes it's on purpose. He's just this thing I have to deal with. I definitely re remember him from before this situation occurred. I don't know if he remembers me, but he was one of those people that I actually kind of both wished I could be him and hated him for being who he was. I had no ability to be that outgoing and happy, and I was very jealous of his ability just to be that optimistic and have that many friends. So it, it was a very odd relationship. I, I was on the periphery of his life, and now he's seems to always be over my shoulder. <laughs> and so just to make sure I understand, you just had no clue how you got your powers, how you were turned into a giant lizard person. <laughs> I'm going to say no. That's perfect. I'm good with that. that. That is great. All right. Excellent. Uh, and let, tell us about Hornet. All right. So um, not as cheerful as the others. Uh, Leanne Song was always, you know, she always had a drive to improve the world. But uh, amidst a tragedy of a monster attacking the city, her parents were brutally murdered. Uh, Studying her books wouldn't help her against these skyscraper-sized monsters, and she turned to uh, teaching herself to fight. And at the young age of 13, without a mask or costume, she started going out at night to fight, and that's how Mantis found her. So, her mentor, Mantis, was a vigilante with a mechanical-powered armor, and um, while known for working well on his own, Mantis took her under his wing and started to teach her how to fight and uh, do things the right way. Uh, so with um, Mantis's help, she became Hornet. And ever since then, she's been one of the most successful and active young superheroes in the city and uh, always looking to improve her game. So when she approached uh, Mantis to get on to the exemplars, uh, Hornet was then put in charge, I suppose, of the future exemplars, if I understand that right. So, uh, even with the team at her disposal, she would be able to help even more people, and she was right. So, um, seems to be the team captain of the, uh, the group. Just to check in on that, so that's, like, we can say that that's official, and uh, you are, technically speaking, supposed to be the, the leader of the team. The actual reality may differ from what has been stated by the adults, but uh, is that the case? Like, they told you, Hornet, you are in charge of the future exemplars? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Perhaps just to kind of keep people in reign, and maybe it was a political play by the uh, other exemplars to uh, make Mantis accountable. I don't know. Perfect. Perfect. And what are your relationships? Oh, yes. Uh, Rex and I have teamed up a few times before the rest of uh, the team came together. 
and my mentor is cautious. They asked me to keep an eye on Toro. All right. Do you know why Mantis wants you to keep an eye on Toro? Did he tell you? No, but I but I'd imagine it's uh, Iron Man, Batman figured it out that uh, Toro's got a crush, and uh, he's you know playing you know uh, what is it, Daddy Bird. So, so Mantis does not trust Toro's crush. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I love it. All right. So that is our uh, that is our array of characters. And what you're going to do now is you're going to give influence to each other, depending upon what your playbook says and what you choose. Keeping in mind that you can always choose to give out more influence. You just cannot take it back as easily. Okay, so we'll go back to Toro. Uh, Toro, who do you give influence to? Uh, Hornet. And uh, I would say Rex. Excellent. And I think your rival gets influence over you automatically, right? Um, I believe so. So that, so that would be sure shot. So everyone currently has influence over me. Great. Okay, so uh, sure shot. I'm just going to put this into our little doc. Sure shot has influence over Toro, you you think that Rex, uh, you care what Rex has to say. Yes, and we kind of grew up together. We're, we're friends from before. Uh, sometimes can kind of keep me grounded, I guess. Great. A confidant. Yeah. Buds. All right, perfect. Sure shot, who do you give influence to? This is a real difficult one. I'm really excited to be here, so I give influence over me to three of my teammates. <laughs> And I'm counting there's one, two, three <laughs> teammates here. Excellent. Everybody gets influence over sure shot. Uh, Rex, who do you give influence to? I will return the favor and give it to Toro. And just to make sure, only Toro. Correct. Great. So Toro gets it over Rex. And finally, Hornet, who do you give influence to? No one. Hornet's all business. Gives no Ooh. influence. Yeah. Excellent. And, and as I said, no pressure. If you wanted to, you could always give it out, but you do not have to. This is a bare minimum. So, as things stand, then, we've got Toro's influence over Shershot and Rex. Shershot has influence over Toro. Rex has influence over Toro and Shershot. And Hornet has influence over Toro and Shershot. Uh, so then, the final little piece that I called out earlier, which is specific to Shershot, it is the Beacon's unique mechanic, and it's one that I find is more uh, effective to let the player play with as we play. Uh, so the Beacon has this set of drives, uh, which are essentially achievements, and you have four achievements marked at a time, and any time you successfully accomplish one of your achievements, you then get some Benny for it. You get an experience point or something. So they represent the cool things that you are hoping to be able to pull off. Uh, because you're a beacon and you're in it for the fun. Uh, so there's stuff like lead the team successfully in battle, kiss someone dangerous, punch someone you probably shouldn't. And you can go ahead and pick those four whenever one of them sounds good to you, uh, whenever you have an idea of what it is. You don't need to do it right this second, but just so you're aware, keep that in mind that you have these drives and you should pick four as soon as one of them does crop up. I've already picked all four. Okay, oh, okay, problem solved. <laughs> There were four standouts, so it was it was not a, a difficult decision. <laughs> All right, that, that was nice and easy. So then uh, we can now get into it. There are a couple more steps to call it out for uh, people new to the system that would happen during the course of character creation. So, for example, there's the step of what happened to bring the team together. 
it's sort of the Avenger-style moment. There was this big event, and no one of you could handle it on your own, and you had to come together to deal with it. And each playbook has their own question that contributes additional details to what that event was, what actually happened. For our purposes, something happened. We're not going to be too worried about it. And you were brought together as the future exemplars, probably by virtue of a combination of that event and the exemplars coming to you and asking and Mantis, of course, and Hornet and assembling this team and being like, we need a younger team. And so you've been together as this team for a little bit now, long enough that it's not brand new, but short enough that you're still maybe feeling each other out a little bit and figuring out exactly what your dynamics are. So, with that said, we can dive into it. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.